This is Con Murphy, and you're listening to Tales from the East Stand. Welcome back to another edition of Tales from the East End, we're on episode number 13, hopefully not unlucky, and we are still sponsored by Peachtree East. Now uh, we're going to look back on the derby and then talk about the games against Derry on Friday and Galway on Monday. Uh, we had a quick word with Shane Robinson and the under-12s all are in final and an exclusive interview with Larry where we discuss the football casual scene in Ireland. So uh, I'm Gary Parsons and as usual, aside me, beside me, is uh, the Prof Carl Riley. Hello there. We beat both 2-0. Two brilliant first half goals from Brandon Mealy and Trevor Clark. But uh, let's start with the build-up because it was uh, it, it was important. The Milltown Monument was defaced and vandalised, spray-painted by Bowes fans. A cowardly act, which was cleaned up straight away. So well done to Peter Richardson, Mark Lynch and the Pride of Dublin SC. Um, yeah, well done, lads. It was, a re- I mean, within hours of the, the actual photo going up, it was cleaned. I, yeah. thought, I thought it was someone... Actually taking the piss, it was, it was well done to all involved. It was a yeah, no great job. There was a new photo of it, completely clean. So that was great to see. There was a, there was even some people online wondering why we were so outraged, and they didn't understand the the sentimental value of Glenmalorum. And if you can't grasp why we hold Milltown so dear, and all the memories, the silverware, the historic games that took place, then the, I think the joy of being a genuine football fan is lost on you. You know, I think that was a Monaghan fan, wasn't it? Yeah, I mean, you think he might appreciate the loss of his own club? Yeah. Let's club die. Well, they're in junior football, I think. They're dead, Carl. Okay. <laughs> and uh, I think that's the last three times now the Monument has, has been vandalised. Rovers have won the game. Oh. You'd think they'd learn at this stage. I mean, it seems to it seems to fire up the team and roil up the supporters. So, um, and try as they might, they're never going to beat that uh, yellow paint at the RDS pouring down the Bowes fans. Remember that story from our show? Yeah, that was great. That wasn't yeah. the second one, wasn't it? The Bowes, yeah. the Bowes special. Uh, we had over 3,600 in attendance. The sold-out sign was on the door. There was plenty of hoops turned away, plenty of balls turned away as well. And um, it must have been the guard's decision because there's no way they'll turn down paying customers with cash. I think that is the maximum attendance now, though. About 3,600. I think it used to be 5,000. It's definitely the guards turning people away because they, they will not turn cash away. Definitely not. And uh, Prince Charles, after he retired from... Whatever it is he does. Uh, <laughs> he was in Glasnevin. So some people thought he might pop down the road to Denny Mount. I'm sure Bowles would have welcomed him with open arms. But yeah, they've uh, they've history of that, yeah. don't they? But no, instead we got Stephen Amell, Green Arrow himself. Oh yeah, and apparently he's a fully paid up Bowles member now. Yeah, he signed up. I knew there was a reason I never watched that show. So that's another one added to the blacklist alongside Samuel Jackson. Pele as well. 
Yeah, Pele, yeah, he, he can go on to that one as well. I always prefer Maradona. No, uh, we have, yeah. <laughs> and uh, a little bit more pre-match stuff. Uh, the Daily Mount pitch was in the state. Uh, apparently, Balls had to call the fire brigade to help water it. Yeah, that's that's true as well. They're they're just the ultimate left wing crusty hippie club at this stage, aren't they? And they probably took pride in that. It's um, yeah, no, it's desperate, desperate times down there. Now we have an interview up next, but beforehand, uh, I met up with Larry on the afternoon of the Derby Day, and we were struggling to make it in for the kickoff. The eighty three was late for leaving from Crumlin, so Carl tweeted Dublin bus, and they replied. Pretty quick, wasn't it? They 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 replied. We told them we're going to Dublin Derby. Told them we're going to hashtag Dublin Derby. We get their act together. And they yeah they replied that traffic was heavy, so we waited. And then some sixteen year olds offered us drugs at the bus stop. And yeah. after that, the driver arrived and told us that he wasn't going to town. So we were fucked. We were thinking, how are we going to get in? Traffic is brutal. Taxi, no taxis around. We could have got one. Probably would have been late anyway. So I said to him, here, listen, we're going to Derby. What can you do? And he said, jump on. The old service sign went on and we got a free ride to Daily Mount. Didn't make one stop, only at Doyle's Corner. So we got a personal escort right into Doyle's Corner. Flew in, took about 15 minutes from Crumlin. True story. Our next interview, it's a, it's an insight into the scene that is popular in Irish football nowadays. Uh, we're not glorifying it, we're merely flies on walls and we're providing a look into the world of the casual scene. Now, I'm here with Larry and uh, we're going to get an exclusive interview about the casual scene in Ireland. Uh, Larry, can you tell me how you got into following Rovers? Um, me personally, I was a scarfer. I got into it very late. Um, started going sort of uh, early 2000s. Um, you know, started going uh, as a scarfer. And then because I was kind of attending the games on my own, got to know certain uh, certain lads and uh, took off from there really. And for people who don't know, what's, what, what's a scarfer? Uh, Scarfer being obviously lads who wear their colours or girls who wear their colours to the games, right, right, um, right. which you know most lads don't. Football lads, that is. Now, can you remember your first game? Uh, I think it was Waterford United in Richmond um, about two thousand three, maybe two thousand two, um, and I attended. Oh no, actually, it wasn't. It was in. It was in. I think it was in Talca. Yeah, it was in Talca. I got the 16 out from uh, Rafanum and uh, let's see. I, yeah, it was, it was definitely Waterford United in Talca. It was about 2002, 2003, maybe. All right, and uh, who's your favourite player since you started following the club? Um, I suppose when I start going, everyone loves Derek Tracy, but for me, I always loved Zealander. Uh, Stephen Grant, I thought he was a cracking player. Um, but uh, it's obviously since Talley, there's only one, and that's Gary Twig. He's an absolute legend. Yeah, that, that, that best I've ever seen. Anyway, right, it's Derby Day, and we're going to talk about the rivalry. So, over time, there has been numerous incidents between Rose and Balls on and off the pitch. Um, have you got a favourite story or an incident that you? Uh, loads take forever to tell you them all, but uh, what's the one that sticks out? Give, I'll, I'll give it. A, I'll give it two that stick out. Um, the f- I suppose. One of the one of my favourite ones was the first derby in Tallaght uh, when uh, Bowles came up with uh, you know a lot of lads Celtic Gregson whoever was with them and uh, how many are we talking now what are we talking, talking you're talking probably close to a hundred on each side 
and uh, it, was a, it was probably the two biggest mobs that, that Rovers and Bows have ever brought because both were trying to make a statement and uh, you know for us there was no way they were going to come to tally uh, and you know take the piss and we must have done something right because we're talking we're 10 years down the line and they're still haven't taken a pub and tally so that's you know that'll tell you all you need to know but then uh, the second one that sticks to m that, that is one of my favourites was uh, the time we were I think Rob was playing on a Friday night and uh, on the Saturday Linfield were playing Bohemians in the Satanta Cup uh, had fuck all to do with us but you know a group of like minded uh, friends decided <laughs> that we'd, 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 we'd meet up early on Saturday morning see who we could get out you know and that if we had decent numbers we might make a phone call and Arranged to meet our friends from Fisbury. And is that true? Phone calls are made. Yeah, yeah, hundred percent. Yeah, phone calls are made. I always yeah. thought that was a myth. So phone no, calls no, no, are phone made. calls are and made. Do they blatantly say, "Listen, we're um, in this bills are come on down"? It, it can be like that. Yeah, it does. It does. It can be because sometimes it didn't used to be like that. It used to be a, a game of cat and mouse, but obviously with ambush here and there. Yeah, yeah. There used to be a lot of that, but I suppose nowadays because the the police are so you know on top of things now, um, that you know you, you need you need to be more you don't have the same amount of time so you need to organise it quickly and get in and get out before you know the police yeah. arrive or whatever so um, that, that's basically uh, but as I said that time when Bowles were playing Linfield uh, we weren't even playing and then we arranged to meet in town we met in town we had about I don't know, maybe 20 lads, 25 lads. Um, we made uh, contact. We, we were trying to f find out what they had. We had one of our lads drive by uh, Daily Mail. Uh, they always had big numbers out, probably 40 plus. Do they ever lie to you on the phone as in to say, let's say they have 40 lads, would they ever say, oh, we've 60, oh, we've less? Yeah, they, 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 yeah, 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 that goes on. Yeah, that goes on. But um, what do you call it? You know, this particular this particular day, we had probably 20, 20 lads out uh, to right. begin with. As the day went on, I'll never forget it because uh, you know lads had to go home or whatever early because they were out early had to leave about lunchtime so as the day were our numbers were dropping we were down and we were left with 13 okay. I think it was 13, 14 maybe and uh, <clears throat> we decided in our infinite wisdom that we were going to go up anyway and meet them with what we had which is Rovers way Rovers have always shown up they never hide if, anytime, if Rovers say they're going to be there they're going to be there and they will be there and yeah. Bows know that but Bows can't say the same thing and uh, so anyway we went went up to the fucking game uh, we were got a phone call off a taxi uh, a lad in a taxi one of our lads saying Bows were on their way at Constitution Hill and basically you know that think twice about going up because of the numbers they had they had a big yeah. mob so uh, uh, we decided we decided to fuck it we'll meet them <laughs> and uh, so we that was you've been on the piss all day yeah we've been, on, we've been on the gargoyle from early and uh, I always remember it because it was the morning of uh, when Chelsea played Man United and it was the first uh, game that was televised in 3D that's why oh, it sticks in my head yeah but, uh, but anyway fucking we walked up to meet them and uh, as I said they had at least double our numbers and we went up uh, we had it was sort of like a, it was a lucky break we had really because if we hadn't met them on any other road that day, they probably would have smashed us to bits and left us all in hospital. Right. But we had a major stroke of luck, and it was just, you know, it was just it was the How one. How did you get lucky? Is in just uh, what? Geographically, geographically, yeah. yeah. Where we met them, well, it was a very narrow street. Right. So basically, they had to. It was like they, like fighting them in three hundred. Yeah, it was basically <laughs> we fought them in a funnel, and they they their extra numbers didn't make any difference because it was such a narrow street. Right. So uh, what happened was when we met them, we met their front line, we backed them off. We met, their, you know, they came back again, we backed them up. Uh, we had a much stronger front line than they did, and we, every time they came back, it was it 
was it was exactly like 300 yeah. you know it, and uh, we absolutely butchered them it's so so badly actually that uh, you know they, we, after we backed them off they all scattered different directions and a whole lot and it was in my opinion it was our best result ever against against Bohemians yeah. because we you know we were there were 13 14 handed and they were probably two, double if not treble that and we absolutely slaughtered them on Cable Street and the hatred is real between the two groups so where, where has that stemmed from where does that originate um, I mean the rivalry might not go back as long as, as other rivalries but where has it stemmed from this hatred and how has it gotten so bad over the years um, there's, all, there's always been a north side south side divide I suppose but I think from, from what I understand from all the lads was that uh, you know uh, whenever bows came out to the RDS and the casuals thing was starting to grow in England and all that and dressing in a particular way and all the rest of it. Rovers were kind of, you know, ahead of their time in that regard and basically I suppose they had, you know, decent numbers and all that. And Bows just basically whenever they were in the RDS got the slaps and uh, they couldn't do nothing about it. And uh, I suppose Bows then had to try and start getting organised and, and, and you know getting their own lads together and they did that. And I suppose it grew from there. It grew from there. So um, in, in your opinion there are two results on Derby Day, on and off the pitch. So, which is more important? Um, obviously, obviously, on the pitch is really important. But uh, you're you still know, football fans. Absolutely, the the absolutely, that's, that's yeah, hundred percent. And like, we, like, and whether whether we're in the ground or whether we, you know we've been you know rejected from the ground and had our tickets taken off us by the guards, which does happen. And you know, whether we're there or whether we're not in the ground, we're still rivals at the end of the day. And the result is the first thing we look for. But you know. Uh, the result, the result on the pitch looks after itself. At the end of the day, no, yeah. you know, we can't decide. We can't, or influence, we can't influence that. But what we we can do is represent Rovers off the pitch, and off the pitch, the result uh, to me is the one that's more important. Because you know, we we've dominated and ruled the roost. Uh, basically, we've had it our own way for so, such a long time. Obviously, recently it's changed slightly, but um, you know. As I say, any club that goes into the doldrums or that goes through a bad time, the first thing you'll notice is that their mob uh, grows yeah. because it's, you're left with it with basically the hardcore and the disillusioned, and uh, you know that in itself kind of you know it's used against the world type of attitude, and basically that's what I think Bows. That's why I think Bows are doing so well now is because their team is doing so poorly after being so successful under Fenland and stuff. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So uh, it's a bit of a reaction, and it's, we had the same thing. You know, when we went down, we had huge numbers. In, in talking with yeah. absolutely, and like we, we nobody could touch us for years, and uh, and also I suppose like it's like everything else. There's a bit of a you know a kind of a an evolution of stuff where lads you know older lads start to drop off and a new so it's like a like a change in the yeah, guard. But that'd be the I mean? general misconception about Rovers fans. I mean, I I get it. Every, not everywhere I go, but a lot of places people kind of brand you because you're a Rovers fan. Yeah. That, the reputation that's, that's, that came that's the with that comes the nineties and the two thousands, yeah. yeah. Yeah, and like as I said, like that, and that reputation is well earned. Don't get me wrong. Uh, you know, there's older Rovers fans in, in now who are in their fifties and some of them in their sixties who, you know, were the pioneers when when it yeah. came to sort of off the field stuff. At, 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 you know, they were the ones who were travelling to the likes of Leeds or Millwall in the seventies and eighties, and you know, uh, wherever whatever team they supported, whether it was Celtic, it didn't matter. But they were going over and they were like seeing. You know the the, the the casual culture abroad and bringing it back. Seeing to it blowing up. And yeah, saying, yeah, and sorry, like addressing you know a particular way and then bringing it back and introducing it to Irish football. And so, like you know, Rovers were well ahead of their time in that regard. Like now onto the game itself, we had Brandon Miele and Trevor Clark switching the wings, and it was a very Michael O'Neill esque change of tactics. I thought 
he used to do that quite a lot. I consider both of them scored coming onto their good foot. I mean, hell of a decision. Yeah, super super show by Brad. Let's give him credit where it's due. And Trevor proceeded to destroy Lorcan Fitzgerald at every attempt. So it was a really good show to start him there. But he's got a lot of joy down the right side. He's yeah. quite poor, isn't he? Fitzgerald, he's absolutely no no pace. Um, the melee goal, absolutely beautiful finish. Very, very hard not to sky those and put them over the bar or fly them wide. I mean, he has officially now more goals against Bowles than Gary Twig. Yeah, him and Trevor Malloy have, have six and Twig has five. So they're the highest since Milltown. It's a, it's a fantastic stat and a great achievement as well with Brandon. Another early goal. We're making a habit of this. Yeah, it's, it's, and we're starting to build on it now as well. We're not just sitting back. And uh, the Patriots of the fans' reaction was brilliant to that goal. Oh, uh, it was brilliant. It was class. Shout out to Rebecca in her yellow jacket. She really knows how to stand out in the crowd. Yeah, she was happy and she knew it. She was clapping her yeah, hands. She was indeed. <laughs> and I uh, mentioned last week how the Dundalk game wasn't our strongest 11 because Mene wasn't in it and... That's what I'm talking about. I think he needs to be in our 11. Yeah, he just has that go- that that bit of magic in him, doesn't he? That was a superb goal. It really was. Yeah, so the Clark goal. Um, a worldly. A worldly, as they say, yeah. And you were saying that the Green Arrow was watching the game of the Jody. Well, the Green Arrow was on the pitch and released from Trevor Clark's left foot. <laughs> Some great photos of a celebration as well. Yeah, the look on his face. Yeah, he was loving it, wasn't he? Absolutely top class. And celebrations were random hugs all around in the Des Kelly. The usual mm-hmm. celebrations, hugging absolutely no one you don't know. As soon as he set it up, I thought he's putting this in the corner. Yeah, the shift to the left, and it was always going. It was only going one way. Looked brilliant on RTE as well. Yeah, Trevor was interviewed by RTE afterwards, but he was on his best behaviour this time. Yeah, no, so that's a not to talk about there. No expletives. Uh, the ex balls lads, Luke Bourne and Pico Lopez. I thought Lukey dealt with the abuse from the Jody in a very, very professional manner. He's a cool kid, our Lukey. He's uh, he's coming back well from from the injury, so it's um, I'm, I'm hoping I'm hoping it stays that way. He's looking very solid at left full, and it's it, it was one of our problem areas for a long time, wasn't it? Yeah, absolutely. Did you hear what Rob Cornwall had said before the game? What? What did Rob Cornwall of all people say before the game? He said that he might need to wear earplugs. And I think a lot of people are reading this thinking, does he does he think that he's some sort of hate figure for us? Nobody cares about Rob Cornwall. It's. <laughs> See, Nobody. it's the guys that leave when you're in... I think the likes of Bowles, when we take a player from Bowles, it's usually the best player. When we lose a player to Bowles at the moment, it's usually because we don't want them. It's not because of ambition or they want to go to a better club. It's because they can't get a game with us and they can have Rob Cornwall, I can tell you that much. I think a lot of people have got to play for them. Oh, you didn't even... No, he he's not a hate figure for us, certainly not. I, I hate that Pender fella other than... It's just a couple of players that you know you just don't like in League of Ireland football, and Pen- Pender's one of them. I don't know why. It's just, it's just he just seems like he's balls true and true. But no, I know he played for us, but still. Um, the referee, I thought he was very poor. What about you? I thought he was very whistle happy, especially yeah. in the first half. He, a lot of simple decisions wrong. He let the occasion get to him. I think he probably thought, you know, this is the Dublin Derby. I got to be tough on these lads, and make a lot of decisions and, and be whistle happy mm. because it's the Dublin Derby he he knows lads are going to be going tough and hard on each other but I thought he was he was quite poor ruined, ruined the game it's about 40-50% of the game could have could have been a lot smoother he had a really good game according to Johnny McDonnell I'd like to know what he's smoking uh, can we have some please Johnny yeah there were at least three decisions in that game that were genuinely mind boggling yeah baffling absolutely like, Butmer esque 
Like not even remotely a foul. Mm, absolutely crazy stuff. But in fairness, it was as Peter Collins described it. A good competitive fixture as well, was it? Oh God! <laughs> you see, you, you know the refs having a bad game when when people turn to each other and actually complain about the decision we've received. Once or twice, we we there was a, a decision made in our favour, and f- lads around us are turning around going, "That was never, never a foul." Are never air free, so you know, you know, he's definitely was having his, a game. That was the biggest indicator. Like, as remember the Bray penalty, the way the Bray players reacted to it. Yeah, says it all. Yeah, there you go. It was a uh, was terrible stuff from them. Long by name, long by nature. Uh, long balls, long throws, and just awful football. I mean, they took long throws at every opportunity near the halfway line at times. It was desperate. But I sent a half parent of Pico and Webster were immense. I mean, this could, could this be the partnership we need? Could they be our Vincent Vega and Jules Winfield? Our Riggs and Murtaugh. Time will tell, but I'm confident. Any, any more references there? No? Oh, I can think of another one. Um, Jim Wilder and Richard Pryor. We'll go with that one as well. Yeah, all right. Some, um, yeah, so the partnership, I think it will blossom if they're if they're given a chance. I mean, I can't see Dan Devine getting back in, even if he's fit. They're, they're playing too well together. Like that was that was a stu- that was a fantastic man. The match for me was Webb, so I thought he was brilliant. He was everywhere, absolutely. And that's harsh on Pico, but I just I just thought Webb's edged it. Yeah, I give Webster man the match. I really I thought just, he had a great game. I'm a every time a ball was headed away, it was it was Webster. Yeah, he he got to absolutely everything. It was really really good. And uh, yeah, they didn't really trouble us in the second half. They put the pressure on with their aerial bombardment, as yeah. you mentioned there, but didn't force Tomer to make a save. Their best move of the game was a pitch invader. Yeah, that oh, that was brilliant. Yeah, Larkin Fitzgerald apprehended him and sent him back to the steward, but he slipped and dived, so he got away again. <sighs> It was so funny. He waited for three or four stewards to come near him and then he darted off again to get another chase. It was class. But he, he got a few knees in the ribs and a few digs on the way out. Definitely. And he went limp. He went for the old ragdoll technique and just went limp. Quite similar to the United Airlines uh, doctor that was dragged off through the old ragdoll technique. It's too soon, Gar. <laughs> too soon? <laughs> right, so the clean sheet uh, will only build on Tomer's confidence. Uh, there, was a, there was a gas moment that the just after the start of second half, just before the start of second half, he was walking towards our end and the balls subs were warming up and he just went over and he booted one of their balls away yeah. and then he gave the old chest thump, put the put his hand on the crest. It was brilliant. Great yeah, moment. He was working the crowd in the desk at East Ham Actors. It was, it was really gas. Good. Just lumped the yeah. ball away. It was so funny. We do have a history of mad keepers at Daily Mount, of course. Remember uh, Thompson and Murray going toe to toe? Yeah, that was a great moment. Jeez, Tom, I've never seen a keeper so angry. Thompson really got angry that day, and I tell you what, he didn't pick. He picked. He picked the right man. Murray. He definitely wouldn't hold back. And uh, Tom's tweet after each game, it's it's always worth the wait. Yeah, he's. I think he's the only one. He's the only one that kind of tweets like that. No one's. No one else kind of says. I mean, well, Webster gives the old FTB. We like those ones. You get one from Mikey as well. Yeah, Mikey loves it. Mikey loves an L tweet and a Facebook post. It's an L kick as well, isn't he? Apparently we jinxed them. Yeah. The latest on Jippo Webb, they're saying our celebrations are over the top, even though we seem to recall them celebrating a Leinster Senior Cup quarterfinal like they'd won the World Cup. So everybody celebrates a derby win. I mean, that's just sour grapes. Mm-hmm. I mean, that's that's what you do. You celebrate the derby win like like mad. You know, you don't. You're not going to hold back if you beat them in their own patch. So sour grapes. I see a Bose fan is suggesting that they all chip in a hundred euro each for a striker. Now this is this is real. We're not we're we're not joking. They just need him to get his head onto one of those seventy-five throw-ins they had, and I think they're also bagpacking in Tesco for a new away strip as well. So, uh, 
Yeah, maybe a new RT series, uh, a game of throw-ins. The game of throw-ins. Yeah. Oh God. Uh, atmosphere was the best I've probably ever seen in Daily Mount. To be honest, I mean it's quite hard to generate atmosphere there sometimes. It's it, let's be honest, it's it's we're quite we're quiet when it comes to Daily Mount. The Des Kelly so flares, smoke bombs, twelve man was great. I had a lot. Um, yeah. Must have been easily a thousand hoops in the Des Kelly. Yeah, no pyro, no party. No pyro, no party. Yeah, some great songs. Uh, balls are falling apart again. Oh what a chill! What a chill! I'm singing it all week. If uh, if Cap and Ninety had done their video for that game. It would have been just as epic. Yeah, it would be a different story, wouldn't it? Uh, and they also had a, a banner saying Kings of Our Castle. So I think we'll give them a little history lesson. And Rovers have lifted more silverware at Daily Mount than any other club. So uh, hashtag check your history or know your history, lads. Yeah. Stick that in your crusty hipster pipe and smoke it, balls. Well, we mentioned uh, Tom or Tumba's chest, but I think you had to run off a couple of minutes before the end. But the players actually came over to us. Right at the end, they're all together. All starting eleven and subs, coming over to the fans and applauding. So I can't remember the last time the players came so close to the stand. Hundred percent agree with you. I think this is the most connected I've felt to a team in a while since the likes of O'Neill. But the the players have, I think, Brads himself has put an emphasis on the players to appreciate the fans. That's what mm-hmm. it seems like because Brads is one of the force to come over and clap us and say, "Listen, all right, lad, the fans he appreciates it." So I, I think Brads is is playing that game and he's saying listen lads you have to appreciate the fans they're the ones who are there every week they're the ones you're doing it for without the fans there's nothing it's definitely a great bond between the players and the fans at the moment and we do need to be united in order for this for this whole thing to work players and fans need to be united for the rest of the season 100% agree yep it's 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 definitely uh, something that we're we've, that's improved in the last couple of weeks so uh, we were planning on doing questions from the East End with Ronald Finn and Paul Curry towards the end of the season but it's getting a bit worrying now for, for Curry. His, his knee is gone again. The guy just can't catch a break. Yeah, no, it's very unfortunate. I mean, I, I dying to see him in the hoop short. I mean, he's a really good player, good pass for the ball. So, something that we've probably not had in the last few years. So I really hope he gets better soon and it's not too serious. If you look at his his, his injury list over the last few years, it's horrific. Mm. It's horrific. The word rupture never sounds good with, with anything. So he's he ruptured something. He goes it's cruciate. He had a tear in his meniscus, so I, I really hope he gets better soon. So uh, get well uh, soon, Paul Curry, if you are listening. Also something uh, about Brazzer that I've personally noticed all season. And something now that a lot of people are picking up on as well. And that's the honesty of his interviews. Okay, yeah, I, I noticed something there. Yeah. Go on. It first struck me for the Maguire penalty incident. He didn't want to talk about whether it was a dive or not. He just said, you know, Webster shouldn't have made a challenge. I think the the vast majority of managers there would have had a win. They'd be diplomatic, wouldn't they? And say, listen, it was a dive, and they they give out about the ref or whatever. But he, he yeah, you're right. You're dead right. He shouldn't have went anywhere near him. Shouldn't have gave him the opportunity. So if you that's see, refreshing as well, isn't it? Yeah, if you see online, people a lot of people mention this now, which is good. Uh, the only time he's had a go at referee was Budimer, and let's be honest, if he didn't have a go at Budimer, you'd be worried. Yeah, it's definitely. just the right thing to do. The deranged one, Anthony Budimer. Did you see uh, highlights of the past game? The penalty? Yeah. It's crazy. Absolutely hilarious. It's nuts. Like, I mean, he just wants all eyes on him. I held with laughter. The guy is nuts. I, he, how, how is he still able to ref? Why are they still letting him ref? They have assessors at each game. Somebody's watching him when he refs. So, obviously, it's a close-knit group. They're probably all pals. 
can't, I can't speak for for everybody, but geez, he's he's shocking. Move on to our underage section now. We have a. Do you know what this seems to be news every week with these with this, and it's always encouraging. So, but but the odd result hiccup every so often, but there's always some call ups or something like that. So we're going on to our under 19 They lost four two to Limerick in the University of the Limerick Astro Turf. But Aaron Dobbs with both goals for over, so he's on fire at the moment. Although we did lose, there's a there's a positive to take from that. That man Dobbs again. Yeah, I think it's what five and four now, maybe five and four games. He's doing really well. Something along the lines of that. Our under 17s won in Bray with Reese Murphy with the winner. That's the under 17s. They'd be a really close knit group. They've been together since the DDSL days. So it's uh, they, like I said, they know what it's like to play for Rovers. They have their eye on the force team. And our under 19s are away to UCD on Saturday. Tough game out with the Belfield Ball, 2 p.m. And our 17s play Cork in Tala, same day and the same time. A bit of a clash there, unfortunately. Yeah, I know it's it's unfortunate, but I'd say uh, I'd say the court game would be the the one that people would be licking their lips for. And uh, Aaron Bolger played again in the Ireland Under Seventeens, one 0 defeat to England in the European Championship. I think he was a late draft into that team, but he started every game. I think he might have been brought in a little bit late into that squad, and he but he started every game, so obviously they rate him, and uh, mm. he's definitely one to watch. I hope to see him in the fourth team. He's very neat from what I've seen. He's very very uh, accomplished in the ball. So definitely look forward to seeing him, the fourth team. Uh, congratulations to Conor Grant and Andrew Spain from our under-17s team who have been named in the Republic of Ireland under-16 squad for the UEFA Development Tournament to be played in Mayo later this month. So that's more call-ups. And the Republic of Ireland will play Northern Ireland, Kosovo and Denmark. So there's some interesting fixtures. Our under-12s final, a great game with a couple of hundred hoops there. Brad's out of chairman, the players, uh, Robbo, everybody. Good good to see them support our younger hoops and really positive performance. I, I thought our goalkeeper was really good. He's very tall, very good on the ball with his feet and he was he, he a very good shot stopper. He played very well. Now that's taking nothing away from the rest of the performances. He just caught the eye, you know. Uh, we caught up with Shane Robinson after the game just for a quick interview about uh, the performance and result. Now I'm here with Shane Robinson out at Jackson Park and a 2-1 loss, Shane. Uh, some positives to take from that. Yeah, like, look, we said to them in the dressing room, as long as they played and done what they've been doing the past three, four years and try implement what we're teaching them, that's really what it's about. Obviously the kids want to win and we want them to win, but... Uh, there's it's a, a way, bigger picture. Yeah, there's a way to do it and I think the, the most pleasing thing was they weren't afraid to try play because uh, they're only 11 years of age, so you could get quite nervous. So I think we were probably a little bit more nervous than them. Cause, yeah, yeah. You know, but it is a big occasion for them. The first in their heads probably that uh, they think about it and everyone's out to wish them well some supporters here and everything so look they've done themselves re- justice uh, they played they have some really really talented kids but uh, it's the first step along the, the journey for them and uh, hopefully they'll be back next year and the year after and we'll see them in the FAI Cup maybe one day as well so that's really the long term goal but obviously disappointed that it was the match and disappointed for the kids but I thought they performed very well and these players are together quite a, quite a while now they're three or four years together so it's, yeah, yeah, it's, they, quite, it's still a success story really that you've gotten this far and yeah, you can push on from yeah, here. Yeah, I know it's you lost the final, but we've lost. Yeah, but look, it's not about the, the winning and losing. Like he says, just that the kids go and implement what we're, we're trying to teach them, and uh, look, there's, there's, a, there's a lot more to go and a lot more to teach them, and that. But uh, I think we have a lot of ability in that group. I'm really happy with it. So yeah, we just go again. The season's on at the moment, so we have a game on Tuesday night. So you know, uh, back to business. Yeah, so it'll be fine. So disappointed for now but we picked them back up so it's all very positive from Robbo and straight back to business uh, already talking about the game they have on Tuesday so it's good to see that they're uh, 
they're developing the right way. I mean, that's that was a, that was a big thing for them to get to that final. So it was unfortunate they lost two one, but now the onwards and upwards. Right, so Bill Gleeson got in touch with us about the junior hoops, and he said. The Junior Hoops are running a train with the Players' Day on Saturday, June 24th. It's their biggest day of the year and uh, trying to get as much promo done as possible. I mean, the kids will hit the train with the Players, the Rollstone, meet and greet after it. And they're getting autograph handbooks so they get to get their idols ham- autographs. It's going to be a great day. So, it's open to all Junior Hoop members, uh, primary school age. And once they sign up before the day, that'll be all rosy. And the Junior Hoops, it's all about making a great experience for the kids as well as access. Get to meet the players and... Uh, they get a match day lanyard, so they feel the, like the, they're important, and they get the VIP treatment, and the, it's it's going to be a good day for them. So if you you have young kids and young hoopers, get them involved. June twenty fourth for the junior hoops train with the players' day. So we sent balls into the relegation zone, and uh, where they belong. I reckon a couple of years in the League of Ireland First Division will do them well. Let them let them know where they really stand. Uh, other news we have Cork's winning run came to an end in Galway they drew 1-1 it's a good result for Galway actually fancy Galway yeah their striker's decent enough around the money he's uh yeah you you actually called that result the, the, the day or two beforehand so of course I can't get anything right on this show <laughs> yeah. it's only off air I make good predictions I, I can see Bo's going down to keep playing like that awful awful stuff and their fans admit it as well really poor from them uh Check out the comedy moment of the week with Ollie Horgan and Rihanna Mashup on Soccer Republic if you haven't already. Work! <laughs> that was brilliant. Yeah, it was amazing. It was class. Ollie Horgan's still man, isn't he? The montages and the videos and everything on that show are just top class. Yeah, no, it's, it's, it's a pity it's, nothing else seems to it's a a match pity up. Peter Collins is still involved. Oh, Dave Barry was horrendous on that programme. Do you know what? I actually I tolerate him. I don't I don't think he's that bad, but I do get what you. I I do. I think I I know what you mean. His analysis of every game comes back to Cork. It's like, oh, I saw them against Cork seven weeks ago. Oh, they're playing Cork next week. As yeah, was World They throw to him and they ask him for a comment on Rovers. This has happened a few times now, and he'll spit something out for about fifteen seconds about youth and experience. He has no idea who's been starting, who's not been it's starting. Cliche, is he? He's trying he, some he'll be like, yeah. He says something like, "Oh well, they turned around because they're leaving the likes of Boyd and Doon on the bench." They've been on the bench all Completely season. irrelevant comments. Yeah, you know he doesn't watch them. Is that the reason we've turned around? I don't think so. Yeah, no, he's a... Uh, he doesn't watch us, so Carly's the man to be asking about us. I reckon he's, he's seen us at least seven times, I think. I've actually... I found the analysis of like Soccer Republic to be okay over the years. Sometimes some of them are good, some of them are not so good. But for some reason, this season especially, Fabio O'Brien and Dan Murray and as They're I mentioned, as I mentioned Dave Berry... It's really nosedive. Yeah, they're terrible. They they've no charisma or or flair about them when it comes to their opponent. Like I mean, for for instance, I like I like Kevin Caban. I, I listen to a lot of yeah. off the ball. I think Kevin Caban is really good, and they could do a lot lot worse. He seems to do match of the day. He does a lot. I think maybe have a little word there and try and get him involved. He he'd be a great promoter for the league as well. Dan Murray's terrible. Uh, Fabio O'Brien's terrible. They it's like they're nervous. You know, it's it's only a camera. Get get over it. You know. No, they can't all be Brian Kerr, but uh, should be a shoe in every week. In fairness, they should just have him sitting in the corner, and then just go to him for a, a moment of comedy gold every every <laughs> ten minutes or so. The new manager of Atlanta Town is Roddy Collins. So Atlanta, you're really fucked now. Well, it is great news for my next League of Ireland comic strip. I'll tell you that much. 
It's a uh, it's oh yeah, don't forget what's what's the hash what's the, the Twitter handle, Carl? Hashtag LOI cartoon. Uh it, it's funny enough that Atlone uh, go for Roddy. I mean, considering how controversial Roddy is, he's he's looking at Atlone thinking I could make a few quid and Paddy Power out of this. Apparently he wants to bring Mark Quigley out of semi retirement. Mark Quigley what and bring him down to Atlone? I don't think so. He's a money man, isn't he? He goes where the money is quickly, and I don't think there's much in that loan. Uh, we have Bocker Bailey in the news. He was in big trouble. He was arrested with cannabis with an estimated street value of nearly a quarter of a million. And he was seized in a car in Cherry Orchard last Friday. So I was fond of Bocker in his fourth spell until he lost his mind in the Belfield ball. Sent off. And uh, I'll, I'll always remember his B'nai Yehuda goal, though, because it was late on in the game. A cute angle and it was my kids first ever Rovers game so it's something that stays f- fondly in my, in my memory and I, I I mean you can't condone what he did but like it happened you know it's he's got a deal with it now he's in a lot of trouble soccer star Robert Bailey as it was reported soccer star yeah. did they refer to him as an Ireland international maybe he was underage in yeah, I think, yeah he definitely was underage yeah. he was really good uh, underage Played one game for Leeds and he was sent off. Yeah, sent off after coming off the bench. Yeah. So a couple of non-league notes here as well. Uh, hard luck to Mikey Drenz, Evergreen United, who lost to Sheriff in the Junior Cup final. Um, there were some good interviews with Mikey in the Evening Herald. And I think Liffey won their own. So the Inner City had a good weekend. I'd say the flats were hopping. You had the South Inner City, the North Inner City, and they both celebrated together. It was a great photo of them uh, lifting both their trophies. On the piss in town. And uh, Luke and United's last game of the season will be on Sunday, where 45-year-old Mark Rutherford will be playing. Yes, Sparky, a good old Sparky is still gone. Might even go another season. I wonder if he's if he's still skipping the subs. Uh, the Lens Senior League is hotting up at the moment, and it is Bluebell in the driving seat. We have Crumlin. They need to beat Wayside, so we're recording a Wednesday morning, so they need to beat Wayside tonight to stay on track and have any hope of catching the reigning champs from the Red Cow. Who now have Scully Dino playing up front, former Bowles and Finn Harpsman. Oh yeah, very prolific. <laughs> and um, we have some sad news as well. Um, the League of Ireland legend Charlie Walker has passed away. That was the man that found Paul McGrath. Yeah, for those of you who have read uh, Paul McGrath's book. Great read, Back by the way. The Brink. If you haven't read it, I don't know what you're waiting for. 100% recommend that. Fantastic read. Read it immediately. Amazing book. Yeah, Charlie Walker features very prominently in that book. So that, that was very sad to hear. And now we have the second part of our interview, A Day in the Life of Larry. So how, how did you end up calling each other Larry's? Where does that turn? Larry, well, I suppose... <laughs> you'd have that, yeah. You'd, I suppose... For, it's, it's just... I suppose what we would call each other. There's, there's no real... I don't it think there's a real explanation. Yeah, like, it just, it's just a Dublin expression. All right, Larry, what's the story? Like, and, it yeah. just, and then obviously... Like a flag was made, and uh, that came bus. everywhere. That yeah, the, the, you know the Larry flag was made, and, and Larry's on tour, and that went all, all over the, with, with lads before me. And then obviously when I started going, uh, you know, it was coming on buses and everything else, and so that that just, just sort stuck. of stuck. Yeah, yeah. It just sort of stuck. Because Rovers have never had a name. We, you know, you hear BSC or B, B, you know, BBC or whatever. Yeah, that's one thing I've, I've noticed. They don't really you, you can't brand them or no, name them because and, and that's deliberate. That's you know, you ask any older Rovers lad, like that's deliberate. We don't want to be known as anything different other than Rovers it's like it's like Millwall you, you know you, they, you might have to bushwhackers but that, nobody calls them that they're Millwall you know yeah. what I mean and it's the same with Rovers we're just Rovers I'm not saying Millwall's lads Rovers lads yeah exactly yeah. The, see the football casual scene, scene it seems to be growing in Ireland and 
has the move to Talat increased the popularity of the culture compared to the Talca days? Is there more young lads getting involved? Yeah, I've seen it. Well, obviously it peaked when we were doing, you know, the success was there in Talat, and obviously we, we we grew, we got a lot, a lot of new fans and a lot of new, you know, publicity going into Talat, and a lot of lads were kind of intrigued as to, you know, what the scene was, you know, why why lads were dressing in particular, why they were dressing in a particular way, and uh, you know, what was it all about? And so the number swelled, you know, but unfortunately, and that's and that's you know that just goes par for the course. But uh, the reality of being a football lad is very different to the romantic view that you know you just wear you know designer clothes, you look good, you know you wear you know you, you know you, you pull all the girls and all that stuff. It, you know that's all part of it. But as well as that, uh, you know there's also the other side where you take the you take really bad kickings and you go to hospital and you're on your own. Nobody's going to ring you and ask you are you alright. Nobody's going to come in and visit you. You know, you're no, it's like that, yeah. Yeah, it's, you know, you, you take like the good and the bad. Absolutely, yeah, hundreds of times. <laughs> Loads of times, yeah. I won't say hundreds of times, but I've been there too many times, yeah. You've had a few and, uh, Yeah, yeah, but that's... But there's definitely downsides to this uh, as well. 100%. Like, I would, like, as I said, there's, there's a kind of a, a view there with young fans getting into it that it's all kind of like, um, you know, I'm, I'm going to wear my stone rolling jumper out and I look cool and I'm The glamour I saw on Green Street. Exactly, yeah. yeah, yeah, all the films and all that. But, you know, when you're lying in a hospital bed and you know you're you're feeling sorry for yourself and you're sore and you're missing work or you know your fucking your parents or whoever's worried about you, yeah. then you know that's 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 a that's a side of it. That, you're out on a Saturday night having a point with your missus yeah, and someone and gives you a hide. You know, you you yeah, you, you can't go into work on a Monday because you're a black guy and you're meant to have a, meet, a business meeting. You know, yeah, you, yeah. you can't be doing any of that. So like that, they're, they're the sacrifices you're making. That you take the good with the bad, I suppose. And you know, as what I would say is, don't get involved unless you're willing to make that sacrifice. Because what I find is a lot of lads get involved, and, and as I said, they have this thing in their head that they're going to be like part of a you know a culture, a gang, whatever you want to call it. And then they take their first bad hide, and you never see them again. Yeah. You never see or hear them again. They walk away, and that's it. But I suppose the, the, the flip side to that is that, that there's other lads there who have been there, done it, taken the bad ones, and they're still there, and they'll be the first ones in the pub the following week. It's a and different breed of lads. It, it, it does. It does. It, it? So you find out who, who who's here and what's what when you take your first bad hide. That's what I'd say. And uh, I mean, the original, the original lads are they still around? The the day one mob that would have been. All of them are still there, 100. Yeah, and they'll also be around another 20 years. Like they, like they may not get involved anymore, but um, you know, they're still following they, the club. They still, still follow the club. Members and yeah, yeah, take a hold of absolutely, it. yeah, absolutely. And you know, still dressers. You know what I mean? You still yeah. see them lads in their 50s coming in wearing, you know, as well dressed as as you will any any lad that you know that's active. You know, so fair play to them. You know what I mean? They were the ones who introduced it all, and uh, you know, nobody expects everyone. Anyone, everyone has a shelf life in this game. You know what I mean? So, you, you know, you can oh, fucking. You see many fifty-year-olds getting involved. No, yeah. no. Well, you, you do see the odd one. Yeah, you do see the odd one, but not many. And right, what like what are the pros and the cons of being recognised as a known football lad? Like what's what's um, the good things and the bad things? I suppose it's nice to get recognition for for uh, you know. I say recognition, and I don't mean that in a bragging way. I mean like lads know that you've made sacrifices, that you've you've been there front line, you've, you've taken the good and the bad, 
and you're respected for that. And that, that's nice. When you get that respect from people who've been around block at Rovers, then that's nice. The, you know, the downside is obviously that you obviously have your friends and your family worrying about you. When you go to the matches, are you going to come home all right? You know, are you going, are they going to have to go and visit you in the hospital? All that stuff. But, you know, the majority of times, you, that's, that happens once in a blue moon. No matter how active you are, you can just be unlucky and take a bad one. And that's what you have to be prepared for. Yeah. But in my experience, and like you know, you, that's that's a once in a blue moon stuff. So when you say take a bad one, like for instance, like it's it's a group of lads fighting with each other. Yeah. So is a, is there rules? Can well, somebody turn around? Like, can you get kicked on the ground? Can you kick in the head? Like, there, there's there are men. Someone telling me that there's no rules or rules. No. Let's let's be honest. You know, there's there's rules there. Right? You know, no stabbings, no fucking. You know, no not meant to kick people on the ground. But I've seen it. I've I've seen people get kicked on the ground, and I've been kicked on the ground. And in my opinion, you know. The, the rules, you know, you're not meant to, you know, hit a lad that's down. But I've, I've had it, yeah, a hundred percent. So what I would say is, like, you know, well, there are rules there. A lot, of, you know, bets are off when it comes to this derby because it's personal. Like, there's, there's a lot of people there that have spent time in hospital because of each other. Like, on both sides, don't get so me wrong. So there's grudges being held there, yeah, and they see, yeah. you think, you know what, he's down. A hundred percent. I mean, I know for a fact, like, you know, me personally, that like, you know, there's a lot of people out there with my name, my name fucking on their wish list you know yeah. and uh, like you know that's just that's just that's just the way it is but yeah. um, I look at that as a feather in my cap because like, if they don't if, if you're going to Rovers and you're a Rovers lad and they don't want you or don't like you then you're not to, to me you're not a lad you know what I mean you're not, yeah, I get you, you, they, you have to that's something that's earned you know and like when you're in the when you're in the midst of all this like I mean it's in a public street it's mayhem I've, I've walked into one or two incidents and it's it, it would be quite scary for a for the passers boy but how do how does it usually end? I mean, how do a lot of these guys they claim victory? Both sides always claim victory. Yeah. How do, how do you claim? Because it? it's how a, do you know? Well, it's two ways you know. First of all, uh, the way most of it ends is if one mob backs off. So if you have the upper hand and you're backing a mob off and you're you know you're, you're on top, you'll know you're on top because you're they're, they're a mob will take off on their toes. You know what I mean? So you kind of know. You, 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 but the other side, the, where where the grey area is, is when the, your, the two mobs are going at it and then you hear squad cars coming and you hear the sirens and then lads get panicked and, and you, lads start scattering because nobody wants to get nicked at the end of the day and uh, so is there any sort of football convictions over here can, what, what would you be convicted of if public order it's all public order it's all public order and uh, you know we're lucky in England they have actual football hooliganism laws football banning orders yeah, we don't have any of that stuff we're lucky and, and like any that's why I think a lot of English and Scottish and Welsh lads come over here because they know we can take the piss like they, they can go in take their fucking you know public order and pay a fine and then nine times out of ten you're grand you're laughing about yeah, coming yeah. out of court but um, the problem the problem starts to come down the line when they, when they start when you know when your your public order charges are adding up yeah. and then you start every time you go into court then it's like well, this is number five this is number six this is number seven number eight so how many times is the judge going to let you away with that that's where you, that's when you start put, getting doubt in your head going fuck can I really afford to kind of get done this time can I really you know yeah yeah like so, the culture is different all over Europe for instance you'd have in the lights of Poland they'd meet up in a forest yeah and they'd just have a, have a fight there have you ever has that ever been mentioned no no, no, it's not. It's, 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 it's no, no, not the hellfire. No, no nothing like that. Fire. But uh, no, it's, it's just it's unrealistic. Like you know, you, you, it, 
it's not it's not what well, it's not it's not what it's I mean that's MMA stuff you know that's fucking you know fair play and all but like that's nothing to do with us as far as we're concerned uh, Rovers and Bowls is, is about one up man show it's about going to their pubs you know taking over their part of the city and we've always done that like take the hope whether we take uh, what's the other one down the road uh, Smith's uh, Rovers have always you know drank beside Downing and taken pubs up there well sure you never Bowls have never done that in Tallaght like their scarfers like you never see they all come up they get in and they get out mm. and uh, there's a reason for that and to be True, honest yeah, you never really see no, you know, that's drinking no, around Tallaght not at all and like you know if you do you'll see them kind of in, in pubs that are nowhere near the ground like the Hens or maybe the Metro or so, somewhere like that you know obviously it's the odd time you see a scarfer in the Metro like, but in fairness the scarfers are never touched because they always have no interest in them you know but uh, yeah, it, it wouldn't it wouldn't really be fair no. in either way because these are just regular passes but again what I would say what exactly, yeah because it's not it's not the dumb thing and it's, it's wrong and like uh, you know but Bows can't say the same thing I've, I've heard instances of, of Bows uh, sorry Rover Scarfers coming out with Daniel and being assaulted by their lads so there's a, it, like, if you're asking about rules you know sticking to rules and all Rovers don't go in don't go into go, Rovers don't go around fucking you know spray painting memorials or fucking yeah, which happened today yeah which happened yeah. today and Rovers don't go around fucking you know uh, hitting Scarfers and all that bollocks nobody has any interest in that it's about meeting like-minded individuals and, and, and having a bit of crack or whatever outside outside of uh, outside of you know the football thing yeah. and uh, you know that's that's basically what the scene is um, will you ever give the scene up or is the temptation of the culture to resist it seems to be a massive culture like I mean the, the sneakers the, the the fashion the fashion I don't think I'll ever give the fashion up I love the fashion I love the, I love the, the, the clothes fuck I don't know maybe 20 or something like that but, uh, can you ever see yourself giving it up as, as you get older um, yeah because yeah. like at the end, not not because I want to, but because like you know physically you're not able anymore. Like it takes longer to heal. Like you know when you're fucking eight, when you're twenty twenty five, like and you take a bad one. You know within two or three days you're laughing off and you're like you're, you know you're fine. But uh, as you hit your forties and fifties and what, on, onwards, uh, it just takes longer, longer and longer time to get over stuff. So uh, you know yeah, there, everyone has a shelf life. That's why nothing lasts forever. You know what I mean? But uh, that, that's basically it. Like. Um, yeah, I, I noticed that after Daily Mount, uh, the Garda presence was massive. It always is after these games, and they are always quite negative as well, as what I've noticed as well. They're quick to kind of shout or or just go 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 nuts at random passers by and individuals for having any sort of question or anything like that. And we've dealt with them a few times, so it's um it, it's something that it's never going to change. I really don't think it will. And even if mm-hmm. you do address it, nothing will change. It's it's stuck like this forever. These guys just have an opinion of us at this Rovers and Bowls Derby, and they they're gonna keep dealing with us like that. They're always heavy handed, and that's just the way they're gonna approach you every single game. Yeah, it's, there was it's, a great video released by the Irish Independent, uh, a minute and eight seconds of Gary D running around in random directions with dogs barking and nothing happening, not arresting anyone. But that's it's big news, obviously. Yeah, so that's their overtime uh, sorted now for the next while. And uh, did you see the video as well of the guard standing at the top of the stand, trying to throw the ball back onto the pitch? Yeah, epic made, fail. Made about halfway down to the crowd. Absolute epic fail. Not their finest hour. <laughs> uh, we're going to have to thank Limerick for the last minute equaliser against Derry on Saturday. So three points on Friday and we will overtake Derry in fourth with a win so um, and we'd have a positive goal difference for the first time this season if we win lovely stuff I'm confident Riley what about you 
Uh, I'm cautiously optimistic. Mm, I think um, I think the way we approach the game, I'm, I'm liking how we're approaching games. I mean, the away game against Bowes is Derby. Derby's a different kettle of fish altogether. I, I think we approach this with the same team and the same mind frame that we approached at Dundalk game. I mean, why not press them high? Why, why not go up here? I mean, this is pretty much as much an away game to them as it is to us. I mean, they, they wouldn't it's be... It's almost used. a neutral venue. Yeah. I mean, we I, don't I, have a good record at the brand new well, but we're playing in Donegal, so as you said, if we just keep playing the same way, yeah, no I, reason we can't win. Don't go up and be cautious. and Go up and attack them and um, nullify the threat of McAniff in the middle. They're danger man. He's a rocket of a foot. Did you hear the Kenny Shields quote of the week? Oh, well, no, go on. What have we got? Uh, he's talking about facilities again. And he says, there's no point in having a fur coat and no knickers. <laughs> Did he come out with the old classic? Yeah. Go to old Kenny. Now we're going to move on to the best stats in the world. Carl's stats. <laughs> now, Rovers beat Bowles for the third time in three meetings in all competitions. Uh, Trevor Clare scored his fourth goal of the season. And his other two were against Galway and Athlone in April of last year. So yeah, he, 13 months with he us. Remem- he said two years, didn't he? He, he, in his interview he said I haven't scored in two years yeah must have been excited uh, for the first time in the league this season uh, Rovers have won back to back games so that, that's a lot, a lot of you might be surprised by that but first time back to back wins and the first time we've won by two goals and kept an away clean sheet hashtag momentum uh, Simon Madden set a new club record of 111 consecutive league appearances all starts so no sub appearances he has only missed 110 minutes of league action since rejoining the club from Derry in 2014 and 98 of those minutes were against the Candy Stripes yeah he was suspended for one game and he was taken off with 8 minutes to go at the Brandywell and he was taken off with 12 minutes to go in Cork for one game that's the story of his career though isn't it I mean he's been consistent he's been an ever present in every team he's gone to uh, in the league, Rovers are looking to win three consecutive games and go four games unbeaten for the first time under Stephen Bradley. Goalkeeper Jared Doherty was the only player selected in the 2016 PFAI Player of the Year outside uh, Team of the Year outside of Dundalk and Cork, and he made his debut against Rovers in December 1998. Yeah, that's a crazy one. He he started at Derry in the 98-99 season. He only played one league game, and that was against us, the Branuel. Right. And then he went to England and came back to Derry in 2008. He's been there ever since. Uh, Derry have won just one of the last 10 games, including the League Cup, drawn five of the last six. I didn't know that. That's a, that They're on quite a poor run of form now, are they? Uh, Rovers have scored in 12 competitive games in a row now, so we're not shy of a goal. We are scoring, and that was the first time since August to October 2010. Uh, Derry are the only team that Rovers failed to score against in the league this season. The Hoops have scored in 10 straight league games for the first time since a run of 23 from July 2011 to May 2012. Our last five league goals have all been scored in the first half. Yeah, we've been 2-0 up at half-time the last two games, Dundalk and Boss. Yeah, what do oh yeah. So hopefully it's a trend we can keep setting. Derry's top league goal scorers are Barry McNamee on five and Aaron McAniff with four. They have only three defeats, the fewest in the league aside from Cork. But they're still on a terrible run of form. So, Rovers have picked up one point from the last four games with Derry, which isn't a great return. But their last away league win was in May 2014 at the Brandywell. Can you tell us who got the goals that day, Riley? Gary McCabe. Gary McCabe. Steve McPhail's got a free kick in what was the last game of his professional career against Derry. In the Brandywell, wasn't it? 
The last time Rovers were playing in the ground for the first time in Ireland was the 4-1 win over at Long at Lissy Wolden in March 2014. Yeah, brand new grounds for Rovers before then was Tolman Park in 2013. Okay. Tala in 2009, obviously. Yep. And the UCD Ball in 2008. So they were all new grounds for us and we will have a new one McGinn Park on Friday yeah. ok so now we're going to move on to starting 11s and predictions <laughs> I can't I can't fault anybody in that performance uh, Dundalk or Bowes and it'd be very harsh to drop the only problem I have is I'm going to go to say anything again but it's very hard to pick between Mean and Brando I mean Mean and me, this might suit Mean because he has that bit of bite about him he's probably better defensively than Brando he's a bit more bite in him I think it has to be Brando because it'd be very hard to be dropped after his goal versus balls and Mean and Silly sending off it's probably going to come back to haunt him so I'm going to go with a 2-1 win Shazzy to get the winner and uh, I'll be I'll be putting McAllister on McAniff do a job on him and, and keep keep and nullify that trip but I, I, like I said Mean and City sending off is going to come back to haunt them because Brando has 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 picked up a bit of form since he's left he's played well in the Bowes game so you can't you can't just bring Mean and back in can you after Brando scoring a goal like that so no I'd stick with Brando yeah I so think same team for me as well same formation yeah so we're uh, we're about agreed on that for the first time I think mm-hmm. it's going to copy your you, you got the prediction right the last two weeks so do you want to do my lottery numbers yeah, jeez, I wish. Just, 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 uh, just a quarter of a million will do me. I'm okay. not being, I'm not being greedy. So I'm gonna go with a two-one win against Derry on Friday, and I think we're gonna smash Galway. So four-nil Galway, four-nil to us versus Galway. Yeah, I had the same score prediction for Derry two-one. As for a score against Galway, I'll say two-nil. Lovely. And I'm just gonna run through some Galway stats I have here since that's the Monday game. So, three of Gary Shaw's last five goals have been scored against Galway. That was September and March. And he remembered that as well, didn't he? And the questions from the East End. Yeah, he knew exactly how many goals he had scored in Galway, yeah. Uh, we're unbeaten against Galway since the 2006 First Division. We haven't dropped points against them since a one-all draw in October 2009 at Tala. Remember that Aaron Green goal? Oh, my God. He ran from there to halfway line. Pretty much ended our title ended challenge. Ended our title challenge, yeah. Uh, Galway haven't won away from home in over a year. Over a year on the road and they haven't won? Nope. Jeez, that's some bad travelling, are we? And they haven't won away from home against Rovers since October 1994 at the RDS. So they haven't won against us on the road in over 20 years. Mm-hmm. Jeez, that's some record. Galway fans, this is their, their worst day of the year when I deliver the stats upon them <laughs> online. Smote them with stats. <laughs> Uh, Rovers haven't won a home league game by two goals since the last time we played against Galway in Tala that was in September we won 4-2 and Ryan Connolly scored a brace for Galway mm, yeah I remember that he was, he was good that day and uh, good news Gert go on guess who we get to talk about again I like good news who Jacobs Jacobs they're back in the news the biscuit makers yeah we're currently on a run of 15 consecutive league wins over Galway and our all-time league record against any club is 16. 15 league wins in a row yep. against Galway. And we've beaten Jacobs 16 in a row. So we're going to equal that record on Monday. Yeah, we're trying to equal the Jacobs run from 1924 to 1932. So Jacobs record in jeopardy for the second time this season. Yeah, so make sure you get down to that game on Monday. 
It's going to be a cracker. <laughs> just waiting for that. Just waiting. Oh, God. Um, if I get the, the tumbleweed for, for earlier, you're getting it for that. I, yeah, okay. Both get tumbleweeds. Uh, the Bray game, the Bray home game, originally down for July 7th, has been moved to May 30th due to our Europa League involvement. Uh, Crusaders, St. Johnson, and Rangers, potential opponents. Imagine we got Rangers. Yeah, Oi, Rocks. But would the home game be a tatter? Would it not be moved to Tranmere's ground? As Shelburne's was in the 90s. In the 90s, they played yeah. a home game in Tranmere. Yeah, I've always wanted to visit Tranmere. And we thought Cork was bad. We thought playing a home game in Cork was bad. Yeah, really look forward to the European adventure. We had a couple of... Dan Fulham gave us a couple of ideas of who we're going to get, and it's very Scandinavian. So we'll talk about that a little further down the line in a few weeks when we when the picture becomes a little bit clearer. Uh, a well-known Rovers fan featured in a close-up on the Roma v Juve game wearing the Ultras against modern football t-shirts. So uh, we won't name any names. It was John Bourne. <laughs> uh, we're going to have a sp- end-of-season special soon with uh, our correspondent in Rome, Guido DeVito. And he's going to give us an update on how the Roma season went. Would John Byrne not be jealous then? He's not our correspondent. We, we'll have to, we could get a little duel on. We could, we could yeah. see if he's interested. But uh, no, we're, we're tr- a friend of mine in Rome is uh, a bit of a Rovers fan and we're, we're keen Roma followers on the show as well. So we're going to uh, we're gonna talk a little bit about Roma's season, which is still alive for the for Serie A. They could still clinch it. But a bit of luck. So um, we'll talk about that further on the weeks to come. Um, Spurs played the last ever game at White Hart Lane. At the weekend, so we had a look at YouTube to see if we could come up with any highlights from the famous old ground. McKay with the right foot, Dennehy with the left. Just got the feeling one of them's going to have a go here. A real driving effort. Cudicini organising his wall. recording this just before the league cup draw so we don't know who we got today but hopefully go away at home that'll do us and then we can focus on the final uh we're on the gary twig supporters club bus to bunkrana and uh there could be a few spots left so check it out on facebook and there as of tuesday night there was a few spots left on the hoops sc so if you are interested on going get on down get your name down on the bus come support the rovers in our quest for three points and uh see you in bunkrana and keep on hooping folks see ya <laughs> Talk about Atlantis, how it's lost beneath the sea And the grave of the unknown soldier, or the cry of the Albanshee Who was the man in the iron mask, was Jack the Ripper set free But ask them all, was Donegal, it's still a mystery And if I could have built a wall around El Donegal The north and south, to keep them out, my God, I'd build it tall you see those chicken ranches, I'd legalize them all We'd have our own Las Vegas in the hills of Donegal Yeah, Las Vegas in the hills of Donegal 